Pretty Serious. Pretty Serious is a podcast where we discuss unusual suspects and topics. From politics and TV and film, to pop culture, and my thoughts on important issues impacting our world. Because we can do both. Hi cuties, welcome back to another episode of Pretty Serious. I hope you loved our bonus episode from the beginning of this week. I had the best time recording with Aza. I love her and am so incredibly grateful for her friendship and also her work towards change and justice. Uh, Today, I want to try something new by starting off with a little life check-in, just like how are you? What have you been up to? So this past weekend, um, I was invited to a girls trip in Payson, Arizona, which is up north for those of you who are not from Arizona. I was so excited. I was like, it's going to be so much cooler up there. Um, you know, I'm going to get to get away from this insane heat, which to me, if it's 90 degrees at the end of October, that's hot. Um, so I was excited to be invited, um, by one of my girlfriends who has a home up there and she invited a couple of her friends and I love trips like this because I'm single. So (laughs) my girlfriends are my boyfriend. So we had so much fun. We drank wine, we carved pumpkins. Uh, It wasn't that much cooler than it is here in the valley, but it was a few degrees less (laughs) than it is here. And I was able to see, you know, actual change of seasons, like the trees were starting to get kind of yellowy and orange. So it was really, really beautiful. Um, I had so much fun. We watched movies. We, you know, had breakfast and, um, just kind of got out of our regular environment and I loved it. And I hope that we can continue doing that. One thing that happened on our adventure is uh, two of us stayed behind. So my friend who owns the house and me because we rode to the home together. And so we decided to go on a nature walk. Well, let me tell you, our little short nature walk ended up being a hike of almost six miles. (laughs) I wanted to die. (laughs) I have a, I, I had a small tear in my Achilles in high school when I was a competitive cheerleader. And the older that I get, the more painful it it just gets. Um, even though, you know, the injury happened a long time ago because it's a tendon, it's just until you get some kind of electrotherapy to kind of soften the tissue that's hardened in the tendon over time, uh, it's just going to keep hurting <clears throat> for the rest of <laughs> my life um, until I get, I get that treatment. And so, oh my God, my ankle was throbbing. Um, my friend was freaking out because we were lost. Um, and so I was telling her, well, the only way now is to just keep going forward. Eventually we're going to get to the end of the loop 
and to the parking area where we left the car. And she was like having a panic attack. (laughs) And finally, we saw some people coming from the opposite direction. And we were able to ask them, you know, where did you come from? Is the street over there? Because that's where we're trying to get. We've been, you know, hiking for two hours. I didn't bring water because it was only supposed to be a mile nature walk, a very flat, like not a hike. And (laughs) I felt so disgusting and By the time that we finally were saved by this couple who walked us back, like we had to go 40 minutes more to get to the end of where our car was and the loop ended of the trail. And I felt so drained. I haven't felt this way in a long time. But I mean, the sun was going down. We were like freaking out. We were so lucky that, you know, we ran into these people and I was trying to keep calm because I thought, you know, the only way out is to keep going. We can't turn back around because that would take longer than for us to keep going forward. So like, don't freak out, you know, don't freak out. But it was hard. (laughs) Like I was so out of breath. I was drenched in sweat. I had like dust and dirt that like stuck onto my body. So I was so grateful to like get back home. But I haven't even really worked out since I got back from that hike because I've been so sore. That was on Saturday afternoon, and I'm recording this now on Thursday morning. So think about that. (laughs) Oh, and then by the time I got back from the trip, my pumpkins went bad like only a few days after I got back. So but like by Monday, I had to basically put them outside for the birds to eat because I don't know if it was just the weather was too warm and it just made them decay like too fast. But I was so disappointed because I had carved two. So I carved one that had a set of headphones because I was like, this is the year I started the pod. Like I want to take some cute pics. But before I could take any pictures, it basically fell apart. So I'm sorry, you guys, you're missing out. (laughs) You're missed out on my, my art piece. And so that was another bummer. I mean, overall, (laughs) you know, I had a lot of fun, but those were like the two things that I was like, wow, we got lost. And then my pumpkins went bad. What is going on? So this year for Halloween, I don't have any plans for Halloween. This weekend, uh, I want to just have a scare, a cozy, scary movie night with like popcorn and candy. You know, I've watched so many scary movies this month already, but I'm still not even close to finishing my list, which FYI is in the Pretty Serious newsletter. So subscribe to the newsletter for my watch list and other updates. It's definitely worth it. This is basically the list of movies that I'm going through this month kind of to get into the spooky mood. This weekend, I'm going to watch Scream, the OG, not the newer ones, the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, cult classic, And then another all-time classic, the 1978 Halloween, 
which I watch every year because I feel like it's just so iconic. It has all the vibes. It has, you know, the pumpkin carving, creepy guy with a mask that doesn't talk and chases you by just walking. (laughs) For some reason, he always catches up to you. But I just think that And, you know, you have Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just, it's so good. So I always kind of try to get into the vibe of the season by having movies that kind of go with the the season. Other than that, on Halloween night, I'll be at home just giving out candy to the trick-or-treaters. I think it's really fun to do that. (laughs) I love, you know, seeing the costumes that kids wear and just to see their little happy faces. It's it's cute. So let me know what you guys are doing for our final spooky week of the year in our Q&A section. I always love to hear people's like what costume ideas you're putting into action and what you have going on for one of my favorite seasons. Uh, So happy Halloween. Happy Dia de los Muertos to those who celebrate and be safe out there. In this week's episode, we're getting into a topic that is all over my For You page on TikTok. Memes about women being drafted into the army. I know, this sounds so random, but so is the black hole that is the For You page. (laughs) I've laughed my ass off so much watching the memes that I knew I had to see what's up with this, and I think you're going to be surprised by what I found. And lastly, we're going to chat about all the news that dropped this week regarding a letter 300 of my former colleagues, including me, sent to Senator Bernie Sanders asking him to support a ceasefire now in Palestine and Israel. So let's go. Apparently, the rumor is that President Biden wants to draft the girlies. I know. It sounds wild, right? Getting drafted? So what the fuck is happening? Have no fear. I'm here to break it down for you. Earlier this month, a TikTok video went viral suggesting that women could be drafted into the U.S. Army. First off, some of you may be wondering what the fuck is a draft? (laughs) Like the beer? No. A draft is an act of selecting individuals for compulsory military service. The last draft that I can remember learning about was in the 1960s during the Vietnam War. The draft actually played a huge role in young people's anger and eventually led to the creation of one of the largest anti-war movements in history. On December 1st, 1969, the Selective Service System of the United States conducted two lotteries to determine the order of call to military service in the Vietnam War in the year 1970 for men born from January 1st, 1944 to December 31st, 1950s. Basically what would happen is families and friends would sit around and wait to see if their brother, friend, or son would be sent off to war. And when I say sit around, usually people would be listening to the radio or they would be watching one of the channels on TV. With time and as more information came to light, the public and those who were being sent to fight a war in someone else's name started to realize they had been lied to about why they were fighting in Vietnam. 
So the situation being eerily similar to the U.S.'s invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan, although there was no call for a draft in this instance, has historically left the public skeptical of fighting wars overseas, and rightfully so. Anyway, back to TikTok. (laughs) The video was posted on October 13th, 2023 by a TikTok user called National Mechanics Group, aka some guy named John Robinson. (laughs) Sounds super legit. Since then, the video has gathered 5.9 million views, which is wild. The caption above the video stated, quote, you are not drafting my daughter, quote, alongside a description that read, quote, our soldiers aren't going to be used for your problems, quote, hashtag women, hashtag draft, hashtag war, hashtag Israel, hashtag Ukraine with a C, not a K, hashtag Palestine, hashtag Biden, hashtag Trump, hashtag military, hashtag blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And in part, he is, the person isn't completely wrong because I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want my kid to be drafted into the army um, to fight someone, someone else's, a rich man's war, basically. So that's, I don't think that's what's wrong with it. I think that it's just, very giving very much like conspiracy vibes especially with all the hashtags during the video robinson said quote let me get this right you want to pass a law to draft my daughter to send to another one of your foreign fucking wars for something you created so your arms manufacturers can make more money for your banker friends did did i get that solid fucking right or what quote which again like i said earlier i don't think that he's completely wrong do i think he should lie though (laughs) on tiktok and misinformed people no i don't but do i think that he's on to something about connecting foreign wars to making more money for arms manufacturers 100 percent. so girlies i have some good news no draft for us, baby. <laughs> as funny as the memes are, the truth is that the claims are false. But if you didn't do the research, you probably wouldn't think otherwise. And I can't even begin to emphasize how dangerous misinformation like this is. According to Newsweek, there is no evidence to suggest that the US government is planning to draft women into the US Army nor is there any indication that a U.S. draft is forthcoming. More recent videos posted by John Robinson provided no other sources or evidence to support such a conclusion either, quote. And in addition to that, the U.S. Department of Defense recently dismissed claims made elsewhere that it was planning a draft of U.S. men, let alone women who under current legislation cannot be conscripted. So personally, myself, as a TikTok user, I did not see the video uh, until I started researching further, but apparently it spread like wildfire and that scares the shit out of me. Especially since the only news source I was able to find reporting on this was Newsweek. In my research, I found some stories on the validity of another viral AI generated video where the AI Joe Biden is calling for a draft 
following the speech he made about supporting Israel's ongoing attacks on the people of Palestine, which that video was also false. So these little propaganda TikToks, little by little, begin to sway people. A great example is the 2016 election, and most recently the the challenge that Trump and his supporters were posing on the validity of the 2020 election results. Something like these videos can, you know, it seems unimportant, but in the long run, they're doing a disservice to the people who come across them and also to the future of this country, to, to the future of this, of this world. So if you see people on TikTok or anywhere else saying that women are going to start getting drafted, that is inaccurate. Women are not going to get drafted. Men are not being called to get drafted. I think that there would be an uproar personally if there was a draft. Because Gen Z doesn't fuck around. <laughs> Gen Z is like, hell no, I'm not going to go fight your rich man's wars. That's part of why I love them, to be honest. <laughs> so on Tuesday, October 24th, 2023, I, along with nearly 300 former Bernie staffers, wrote a letter asking Senator Sanders to introduce a Senate-side companion to the ceasefire now resolution in the House. The demands on the letter are asking for his support for an end to U.S. funding for war crimes against the Palestinian people, the expansion of settlements, and the occupation of Palestinian lands, and to support an end to the blockade of Gaza. As I mentioned to you all in our very first episode, one of the highlights of my career was working for Bernie. In 2016, I was a Latino outreach field organizer, and in 2020, I was the National Latino Press Secretary for his campaign. So where has Bernie stood in the past, I think is the, the next question here. This is an excerpt from an article written by The Intercept on the news of the publishing of this letter. In the 2016 presidential campaign, Senator Sanders' suggestion that the 2014 Israeli assault on Gaza had been disproportionate was elevated as an indication that Sanders was heavily critical of Israel. Pressed on his characterization on CNN, Sanders stood by it. CNN's Jake Tapper noted to Sanders that even that formulation was outside the realm of standard campaign fare. Jake Tapper said, quote, It is interesting that the first Jew in American history to win a delegate, much less a primary, is taking this position with Israel. Usually in American politics, everyone just supports Israel, whatever Israel wants to do, but you are taking a more critical position. According to The Intercept, at a presidential debate, advocates of Palestinian human rights cheered when Sanders became effectively the first serious candidate to insist the U.S., quote, treat the Palestinian people with respect and dignity, end quote. The Intercept also quotes Bernie. He says, I read Secretary Clinton's speech before AIPAC. 
I heard virtually no discussion at all about the needs of the Palestinian people. Of course, Israel has a right to defend itself, but long term, there will never be peace in that region unless the United States plays an even-handed role trying to bring people together and recognizing the serious problems that exist among the Palestinian people. There comes a time when, if we pursue justice and peace, we are going to have to say that Netanyahu is not right all of the time. Netanyahu is the Prime Minister of Israel, who narrowly almost didn't win his previous election. He is a very right-wing political figure. The Intercept also cited Bernie's stances more recently. In 2020, after former President Donald Trump introduced a, quote, peace plan, Sanders tweeted that any acceptable proposal must end the Israeli occupation and enable Palestinian self-determination in an independent state of their own alongside a secure Israel. In 2021, amid a flare-up of violence sparked by the eviction of Palestinians in Jerusalem and the Israeli police storming the city's Al-Aqsa Mosque compound, Sanders urged for an immediate ceasefire and for the U.S. to take a hard look at nearly $4 billion a year in military aid to Israel out of concern that U.S. aid supports human rights violations. I think it's important to cite where Bernie has stood in the past because I do think that it's telling of where his intention is and that he is on the right side of history and that he brought a particular stance on this issue that no one had ever done before on a presidential race. So I want to talk a little bit about my thoughts on all of this. Obviously, I supported the letter. I still support the letter. But before I get more into that, I wanted to say thank you to the Bernie staff who helped write this letter and organize this effort to reach a person that we all deeply believe in. You all inspire me so much. Every time I reread the letter, I get a little teary-eyed because it reminds me so much of the hope and the love that connected us during the campaign and even now. So I'm, I'm honored to be in this fight with you. Personally, I think that when you care for someone and the vision we're all fighting for, we must exercise accountability. When we care and we believe in someone, you must hold them accountable. Especially as we are united in standing on the right side of history. I don't see this letter as any sort of attack. I see it more as a gentle nudge that we have his back and that we need his support now. I believe in Bernie. I always have. And I have faith that he will stand with us because we are on the side of peace, the side of love, the side of justice, the side where we are all free. And I know eventually he'll join us too. At least that's my hope. It's also my hope that more and more people across our country one of the most powerful countries in the world, will continue to push our political leaders on this issue because 
the death toll is rising. And currently in Congress, the Republican Party finally was able to elect a speaker after over 20 days of the position being empty. And one of their number one priorities is going to be to pass aid for Israel. And we all know what that aid will be used for. It's going to be used for bombs and weapons that ultimately are only helping to continue the harm on the people of Palestine. And what we need right now is a a ceasefire. We see Jewish Voice for Peace calling for a ceasefire. We see allies across multiple movements, whether it be immigration, climate, asking for a ceasefire. Because Palestine is not some far away issue, Palestine is us too. In one way or another, it's going to to impact us. So continue putting pressure on your political leaders. If you haven't made calls to Congress asking for a ceasefire, if you haven't written yet to Congress asking for a ceasefire, please, please do that. It makes a difference. Your representatives are waiting for people to tell them what they should do. At least that's the way it should work anyway. I'm really excited to see where this letter goes. It gave me the inspiration I feel like I needed, a little reminder of the movement I'm a part of and the people I've been so lucky to work with. Thank you guys for listening. New episodes of Pretty Serious with me, Valencia, drop every Friday. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts to be the first to know about new episodes. As a fairly new podcast, reviews make a huge difference to our success. So if you loved this episode, please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. I make this podcast for you and it wouldn't exist without your support. So thank you. I hope you have a pretty Friday. Love you and see you next week. Bye.